Welcome to my podcast. When you're listening, I just ask that you keep an open mind. First and foremost, know that I'm not an expert. I make tons of mistakes. But I just wanted to share the wisdom of the people in my life. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to my podcast this week. My good friend Benji is here. Say hey. Hello. (laughs) So I brought um, Benji on because, one, they're fabulous, and they do a lot of really dope and inspirational art. And I have really been harping on y'all about how important it is to be ingesting Black art, Black queer art right now, and... They've also been very vocal in the Black Lives Matter movement about intersectionality. And that's something that I've been harping on the past couple of weeks. So I really just wanted to get your perspective on what's going on. So I feel like all of my past episodes have really been about Black Lives Matter and its failure to capture the importance of intersectionality. And I feel like um, there has been some discussion, though I don't think it's been in the main discourse, about centering black trans lives, specifically black trans women. Um, but when we talk about black um, trans bodies or back, black trans lives, we really don't ever specifically talk about black non-binary folks and their position in the community and in the movement. So I was just wondering... If you felt that that this is something that's missing from the, the language and the movement altogether, mm. um, I would say yeah. I think from my personal experience, I find that um, non-binary individuals often kind of get um, conflated um, with trans folks, right? And so. I feel like there definitely is like a lack of that distinction um, made um, by the movement. So yeah, um, I think I do hear more and more often people talking about um, trans people in the Black Lives Matter movement, which right, yeah, it, it's a, it's a step. It's a step, <laughs> and usually they're centering Black trans women, right? Which is right. which is valid because they are disproportionately subject to violence, right? Um, but we just don't really have any discussions about non-binary folks. And right. I guess uh, we should back up and explain what non-binary is, because I feel like even those who have heard it have this one-dimensional understanding of it. You shared a post on Instagram the other day, which I thought was really dope. It was that like prism. It was like what people think non-binary is. And it was like dead in the, in between like masculine and feminine. And then what non-binary actually is, which is like a prism of different identities. So if you could just like harp on that a little bit, that would be dope. Yeah, for sure. I think, and even coming into um, when I started identifying as non-binary, I think I originally kind of had this dimensionality of like, oh, my queerness exists within these, um, these these two spheres, masculine and feminine. And I, over time... I just kind of grew to feel that like I didn't really fit into that um, and that my identity didn't fit into that. And I think non-binary is a lot of things and it's nothing. It's like, um, yeah, it's really kind of thinking about it. um, 
in a way that your gender is not limited to these these two overarching ideas um, that are masculinity and femininity, that it can be a lot of other things. Right. Uh, and that's different for different people. Sure. And it can be also different, um, different days. So. Yeah. I talked in, I can't remember if it was the last podcast or maybe two podcasts ago, about like how inherently gendered language can be. And in that specific context, I was talking about Spanish, I think specifically. Mm-hmm. But I also mentioned that like English, though we don't think of it as such, is a very gendered language too. It's just a, a lot more informal. But I think one of the like, the more obvious and clear ways that our language is gendered is through pronouns. And I think that non, the non-binary community and non-binary activists have been really good about raising our awareness on specifically how language can be gendered and has launched like this this new movement to to clarify pronouns. So I was just wondering like what your thoughts on the politics of pronouns were and how is how it might be difficult to navigate a world where we assume he, him, she, her pronouns for everybody. Mm. Yeah, that's tricky, and I'm still kind of coming into this myself. Um, I think, like I was saying earlier, there are some days I definitely present myself um, in ways that might be perceived by people as more femme than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think quite often people want to look at my gender expression and um, use the pronouns that they feel um, relate to that said expression on that particular day. Mm -hmm. And I think it really just kind of comes down to like um, respect. And like, as a person, I think you can, you will never be wrong if you just ask someone their pronouns. Right. I mean, that's, um, that's something that I try to practice now. Like literally when I meet someone, instead of assuming, even if they're just like clearly cis, whatever mm. clearly cis means, if yeah. they're clearly like, usually if it's a, a like cis man or presumably a cis man, I'm like, I always want to use he, him because mm-hmm. to, to, to misgender a cis het man would be such violence to them if you were to misgender them or use the wrong pronouns. I think about um, <laughs> But yeah, I'm trying to force myself into the habit of like asking people's pronouns. But I don't even think yeah. this on people's radar that this is something that we need to be addressing. And I think that that kind of aids the normalization of this because I think obviously people are pushing to do it with queer folks. But um, I think like you're saying, even with like someone who you might have an assumption about their gender identity, still just being respectful and asking because that's the only way we're going to normalize normalize it. Right. Yeah. I'm really interested to, to see if you feel like your experience as, because like me, you are black and biracial, mm-hmm. but black nonetheless. If your right. experience as a black non-binary person, do you feel that it differs from white non-binary folks? Mm. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't, I can, I can tone police myself in terms of my gender expression, but I can't tone police myself in terms of the color of my skin valid i just think <laughs> that like people oftentimes white queers forget about the ways in which our race directly affects the queer phobia the homophobia the transphobia that we experience 
I think also, I think a lot about like access to healthcare and how that differs vastly, I think. Ooh, explain that. There. A little ignorant to that. Well, just thinking about like, for those who are choosing to transition, I feel like that access to healthcare mm. uh, could be vital to them. And that is something that it's more accessible for white people. Uh, True. That, that's a, a concrete way that I can think of race. Um, yeah, absolutely. That it like permeates into the gender politics. Right. Yeah. And then that probably also plays into informally the fact that we like prioritize this idea of passing mm. and passing, um, which by the way, passing, if, if you're unfamiliar with the term, um, it's basically, I think it replaced like this idea of going stealth, which is when trans folks who identify um, with a gender that's different than the sex they're assigned at birth, when their identity starts to, or their physical appearance starts to align with those gendered expectations, um, the society views, that's called passing. Um, but I feel like that absolutely plays into the politics of that, like who has access to these these resources that allow people to pass and how we prioritize transness based on that ability i can't i can't fathom that that would be disconnected from racism i agree okay so i just want you to like explain why it is so important for us to be prioritizing art right now mm, so i think that before I even decided that I wanted to um, kind of dive into the arts, I wanted to go into law. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so a bit of a transition there, but um, I think I, I had to think critically about like what it was that I wanted to do. Um, and I kind of came to the conclusion that I wanted to impact people and I wanted to facilitate dialogue on issues that were important to me um and so i think the 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 bottom line that what artists are doing i feel like if they're effective in their craft is that they're they're using their medium to instill a sense of empathy in other people so whether that be you know, poetry or prose, um, film, seeing a, a performance of some sort that impacts you. I think good art um, makes you think about perspectives that you might not have had. And so I think uh, that's kind of what, what the world is lacking right now is what it feels like is um, an empathetic response. Mm -hmm. And I think that... Um, we really need to try and understand one another and the perspectives of one another. And so I think that being an artist and supporting the arts for that reason is critical right now. Um, because I think, especially with youth, these are, these are the kind of um, skills we want to be kind of um, facilitating in future generations. I feel like that like this devaluing of art has been sort of implicit, like it was intentional to basically systematically make Americans devalue the importance of art, try to persuade people not to go into the arts. Yeah, I mean, because you do see a, like a lack of people 
one, reading, um, two, engaging with poetry, going out to physical spaces and buying art from artists. Um, and there's so much social commentary that we miss, important social commentary that has a long tradition of coming from fiction, from poetry, from paintings, from sculpture, from all of these these mediums. Um, and that's why right now I feel like, one, a lot of the, the greatest art in the world comes out of pain. Right. Um, it's rooted in pain. And right now there's a lot of pain that's happening. And therefore I know there's a lot of beautiful and meaningful work that's being created that we need to be supporting and learning from and growing with. Do you have any like artists that you want to shout out? Yeah. Um, you, you mean local or local or like your faves, whatever it may be. Um, so I think one of my favorite dance artists, um, is Sidra Bell. She is a dance maker based out of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and her her work is just incredible. She, I've worked with her in improv, and she just has this like brilliant way of speaking about uh, movement and the body, and kind of using almost like um what feels like uh poetry as like prompts for um for creativity. Um, so yeah, she's one of my favorite dance makers. Um, and then I really, um, I love my good friend, Nicholas Goodley's, uh, poetry work. Who... This is the poem that you have? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to go ahead. We can read that. They're an Atlanta-based poet. Um, so I'll read this work. <laughs> I was, when you, uh, messaged me, you were like, something that's like joyful. I was like, Ooh, Lord, that's good. <laughs> right about now uh, no this one's fun it's called um lipsticks over number five not that innocent pink violet tchotchke see you next tuesday amanda lapore's revenge new descending a staircase they're all gonna laugh at you i will always love blue this is my hair electric twiggy Grey Gardens. Nini is very rich green. Smell on you. A Claire Huxtable hue. The night the lights went out in Georgia. Mother has arrived. Lips don't lie. Put a little yellow in my bowl. Miss Bates. Priscilla. Green of the desert. Big Lady Blue. Metallic Cindy Mayweather. Little Latin Boy in Drag. Touch all this skin. Orange in the 212. Burnt Sunset Boulevard. Iris Apple Bloom. Naomi's Pout. Ceci Bon. Meow. Fleetwood Matt. Divine Intervention. Good Witch, Bad Witch. Onyx First Lady. Proud Mary. The Banana 52s. Cleopatra. Rupocalypse Red. No Wire Hangers. Beat for the Gods, Barbarella Blue, Betty Davis Eyes, Opulence, Tangerine, and they are a black, queer, Atlanta-based poet. Dope. What's their name again? Nicholas Goodley. You Nicholas can uh, 
follow them on Instagram at Nicholas N I C H O L A S Goodley G O O D L Y. Amazing. Um, also, shout out to yourself. You are a black, a dope black queer artist. They do amazing movement work. And it's just really beautiful to see on my timeline every time I log on. So thank you for that. If you want to drop your, your. Yeah, for sure. Y'all can follow me on Instagram at Benji.LSTV. That's B-E-N-J-I dot L-S-T-V. Amazing. Thank you for conversing with me. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. All right. We're going to log off. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>